What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. I'm Sam Allen, joined by Matt McFeely. And we got a lot of baseball to talk about. We were just as hyped up for the beginning of the NFL regular season, as I'm sure many of you were. And we cannot put baseball on the back burner any longer. Matt, I think you agree with that. Yankees, Mets, both on absolute runs, great seasons on both sides, many storylines on either side as well. So we're going to dig into it. Matt, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of dying to get back into baseball. I kind of had an NFL hangover, and uh, it's starting to get really important. So, Yeah, it's coming down to the last couple of series. Uh, it's, what's today, Tuesday? Tuesday night when you're we're recording this. So the Yankees are playing the Blue Jays right now. Um, the Mets are in Miami, correct? No, they're, they're, no, they're at home. They're at home. At home against Miami. Yep, having an absolute so, clunker. Yep, so... We'll get to them. We'll get to the Mets. We definitely want to start with the Yankees. Um, I think the easiest way to talk about the postseason is just by predicting, going through and predicting what we think the postseason roster might be. Um, I think you can make it. There's a lot of guys you can make a case for. Um, I think the Yankees have sort of weaned out. There's maybe like a few decisions that they need to make uh, that might be tough ones. But I think for the most part, the Yankees roster is uh, mostly set. Again, I say there's a couple guys that you can make a case for. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think I think we could start with what do you want to start with? You want to start infield? Uh, We can get we can just get one out of the way. The catching position is Higgy and Trevino. We know that there's no case for anyone else. Um, I think very undersung what Trevino's done for the the Yankees this year. Um, Matt, I don't know if how much you've noticed, but he is uh, for me to even notice this is just shows how prominent he is. But he's an amazing pitch framer, and I never thought I would say that, but he really is, and he saves the Yankees pitchers a lot, a lot of strikes. Well, why do you say you would never say that? I feel like you you come across to me like you would be just a big pitch framing guy. That just seems well, like a Sam Allen staple. Well, not not well, now I am. Let me put it that way. So now I am because I watch him and, and because I'm starting to realize I've, I was always a I always supported like a good catcher as being very supportive of their pitching staff and then ultimately ending up with their pitching staff putting up better numbers. I think that was what we saw with the Gary Sanchez era. And I don't think it's a fluke that as soon as Gary Sanchez wasn't the catcher, the Yankees just started to pitch better. I don't think it was a there's a definitely a a correlation there but I what I mean by that is I never thought that it meant as much as I realize now yeah like I see I see games I see huge at bats and momentum in games being swung solely based on one or two strikes that Trevino saves you and I have both always agreed that we kind of value defense uh, of a catcher over offense like if I yeah. have a catcher who can hit me 240 but call a great game and play great defense, uh, sign me up. And Trevino's done that and and, and a lot more. So, um, I mean, and people forget he was an all star. Like it wasn't a yeah. it wasn't yeah. a fluke that he just happened to get hot at some point or he's having a good stretch of the season. He's been like for again for what catchers are today, he's been a good offensive catcher this entire year, and I think. Obviously, it's more than what the Yankees could have ever hoped for. He was almost their emergency plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Higashioka was tearing it up in spring training. No one was even thinking about Trevino. Yeah, and, and then they they had um, 
what's the guy's name that's in AAA that they, oh, Ben Rortvet, who they yeah. went into the season saying, wow, we got a lefty hitting catcher who's going to be a stud, we think. <laughs> um, and I don't think, I think he's been up like one game and like a, as like a 26 man in doubleheader. Maybe he came up when, uh, when Higgy got, or uh, Trevino got hurt for that little stretch as Judge walks for the fourth time tonight. Oh my God. <laughs> So, uh, uh what? Well, like, uh, I knew I shouldn't have, I knew I shouldn't have bet it, but anyway, like you said, the Yankees are set at catcher moving forward. Uh, we know who we're going to see. Uh, why don't we move into the infield? All right. So we'll go right to the infield. Uh, first base, pretty easy Rizzo. Um, I think it's, he was a little bit of a health concern a few weeks ago. I mean, the guy was, uh, bedridden according to reports. So, uh, but he's back, he's playing well, he actually steps up to the play right now as I'm saying that, but um, Rizzo locked in. He's going to be your everyday first baseman. Um, second base. Uh, this is where it gets a little interesting because, well, I guess first base too, because Glaber's well, let, been on let fire. Me, let me tell you what I would do. Go ahead. I, I, I would, I would like to keep Glaber at second. And then I would like to have LeMayu at third and have Donaldson off the bench. Do you agree with that? Or do you just value Donaldson's defense so much that you think? Yes. No, 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 no. So, so I agree with that, but I think that it's all going to depend on what, I mean, like they have to see how much DJ can play. I I really don't think that he's going to, he, he's even the quotes he's come out with in the last week have been not the most, um, I guess, encouraging. Like he's saying, you know, maybe I can swing, maybe I can da da da. Yep. I mean, I, it doesn't look promising. Like to me, it looks like, uh, it, it almost looks like he's he's only wants to be a pinch hitter or something like that. Like yeah, he only wants to get put him, in the eighth inning. Ask him to play the field might be a bit too much. You, you, you have a great point there. Um, yeah, and, and back to the to about Josh Donaldson, and I think this will this might this that kind of shocked me. But if you break down fielding percentage as uh, every ball hit, right? So like an average of uh, if I if the ball is hit to me what are the chances it's going to be an error? So uh, looking at just Josh Donaldson, IKF, because, well, the next roster spot, IKF, definitely locked in as a shortstop for now, right? So there was an argument for a while, and when the Yankees were going through a rough stretch, IKF played a little bit of third base, and IKF actually has a gold glove at third base. So when, when DJ got hurt and wasn't your everyday third baseman, and the Yankees were sort of, I wouldn't say searching because they always had Donaldson there, but Donaldson was just not producing. So they played IKF at third. So the debate was, well, why don't you just keep IKF at third? If he's going to hit 260, 270, hit you singles and play and, you know, have been a proven gold glove defender, why not keep him at third? Which I don't hate as long as DJ's out. You know, if, if, and that also includes that if DJ can't play the field, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, I, I, but I mean, if you have to, if you have to DH Lemayhu, then who are you sacrificing? Carpenter, you know? God no, it would be Stan. No, Stan. Carpenter's out of the picture. I think. Let me just put that. I don't I, think I, it's. I think so too. But we keep hearing that there's a chance. Like maybe I mean, like there might be a chance in the fact that you know, if the Yankees get to the World Series, maybe he could he could be on the bench. But that's a whole that's a conversation for another day. So what do you mean when you say you would you would you would sacrifice Stan? What do you what do you mean by that? No, no, I wouldn't sacrifice Stan because if DJ comes back, then he has to kind of has to play the field because I don't think 
the Yankees want to just based on the, the moves they've done, and we'll get into the outfield. But I don't think they want to risk their outfield defense to but put Stanton out there. But, but if but if DJ can't play the field, which like I just said, that might be asking way too much. Are you going to deny his his bat being in the lineup? No, no. But what you have to, that's what I'm saying. He how he just has to play the field. I, you can't if he if he can't play the field, then I mean. Maybe you can move as Waldo to short, IKF to third, put Stan in the outfield, and then just DH LeMayhew. That way you lose Josh. Then it's trading Josh Donaldson's bat for DJ's bat at that point. But then you're also subtracting on defense in the outfield, which I don't think the Yankees would want to do. Yeah, and I also don't know that I would want to throw Oswaldo right into the postseason right now either. Well, okay. As a starter so, anyway, as a starter. So that's on to the, I guess, the next point. So he, is, I think, and I disagree with you there because I think he is the starting left fielder right now in tomorrow. I mean, if the postseason starts tomorrow, he'd have to be. He's on fire. He's hitting unbelievably. And he's just a utility man outside of that. So, you know, God forbid someone else goes down or like uh, if DJ's not healthy and Josh Donaldson gets hurt, he's going to have to play either short or third because they're not going to put Glaber at short. That's not going to happen. Okay, but what if what if Benintendi is able to play? I mean, this is the thing. It's almost it's like an embarrassment of riches almost at, at that point. So, like, I think I really I'm very high on Oswaldo, right? I'm I'm high enough on him where I don't want I wouldn't put DJ in if he's not a hundred percent because of how good Oswaldo's playing, and and you know same thing with Carpenter and Benintendi, da da da. But if I if you know if I had truth serum and knew that DJ would be a hundred percent and knew that Ben and Tenny would be a hundred percent, okay, then I'll sacrifice a Cabrera and because I think Cabrera can be beneficial off the bench as well. He can play every position. So in that in that last spot, you know, IKF comes up in the eighth inning and you need a home run, you can just slide as Waldo in there and he'll fit fine into the defense as well. So I don't think it hurts him off the bench if if Ben and and Carpent and uh and DJ were fully healthy, but I think he's just playing too well. And just from what I see in the eye test, he's, he's got everything. He goes to, he's never played the outfield until like two weeks ago or three weeks ago now. And he's unbelievable. Even in today's game, he, there was a ball in no man's land, like behind second base, but in like short right center. And he calls off judge and calls off, or I think it was judge and center calls off judge calls off Glaber at second and gets the ball. He took charge. And that was like, you know, we've seen guys who have been in the league for 10 plus years not make that play and mess that one up. So yeah, I'm, I've been impressed by him. I just watched Nimmo mess that up uh, a few moments ago. Yeah, it's it's a tough play. It really yeah. is. Yep. Um, so back to the infield. So that was, I mean, for all of reports are that uh, DJ could be activated like this week, even like before the postseason. So that leads me to believe that they think whatever they've done or whatever they haven't done, he can withstand into the playoffs and, and through the playoffs at at least, you know, 90% of what he was. Um, I guess only time will tell with that one, but I'll assume health on DJ. So we'll put him on there. Um, so what is, Rizzo, the, what is the timetable looking like for Ben and Tendi? Cause I know just the other day he said he was feeling pretty good after uh, one of those Red Sox games. The, I mean, I've seen, I've seen like, players say that yeah i mean i don't believe they're doing they did the surgery already but i think it's just based on like how it heals 
Um, I'm really not too sure. I, I haven't really seen many updates on him until the one you were talking about where he said he kind of feels okay. But like, what does that mean? I feel okay. Like I could break my leg and I'll feel, I'll feel okay. Like, um, so I'm not going to, I haven't included Ben Attendee in any of this, um, which is unfortunate for many reasons, but it's just another lefty bat that's out of the lineup, which the Yankees love going lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. It's their favorite thing in the world. Um, which I support, but another conversation. So Rizzo, Glaber, DJ, IKF, um, Josh Donaldson in the infield. You'd hate to have Josh Donaldson's bat in there. Well, you I mean, he hasn't been he hasn't been the worst of late. He's been putting together bet somewhat better of at bats, but I'm I'm not a big Josh Donaldson proponent either. I really I think that he's just I don't even know. I think just the fact that they pay him so much money and then like the whole thing with kind of like the twins trading him so that they could sign Correa, who the Yankees thought they would sign the whole time kind of thing. Like, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. And then this is, let me ask you this. Who do you think is better on defense? Just defense. Assume everything else is the same. Numbers wise, Josh Donaldson or IKF. Um, Going into this season, I would have told you IKF, but it seems like IKF took a, a giant step back. And we talk all the time about how Josh Donaldson's saving grace has been his defense. So I, I would probably say Donaldson. I might be wrong. Um, well, I would say that you are wrong, and I'll tell you why. Uh, if you break down, like, fielding percentage based on, like, ch- it's called chances versus actual I, what I did was ch- the amount of chances they got, so amount of balls that were hit to them, and then amount of errors they have, and just divided it, and then put it into a you know per per ball hit. So every or actually per error, so every error Josh Donaldson makes, right? He has twenty five chances between them, so one error per twenty five chances. That's Donaldson. IKF comes in again with more. He's a shortstop, so he has more chances. More balls are hit to shortstop. One error every 30 chances for IKF. So that means that IK and for reference, IKF has 15 errors in 461 chances to Josh Johnson's 11 errors, but in 285 chances. So Josh Johnson is this. I I think he's been. It's been undersung how bad he's been and how bad he's been to for the amount of money we pay him and versus, I guess the replacement of him. Um, but he's been, he's hitting like two thirty on the year. He's having the least home runs of his career since like his rookie year. And he's not even like a plus defender anymore. Like he's like an average defender. So what is he like? Why is he still here? Why isn't a guy like Marwin Gonzalez playing somewhere or like even putting IKF at third and Oswaldo at short. And then, you know, or Peraza at short. Yeah, after hearing that, by the way, I'm going to need the IKF hate explained to me. I mean, uh, well, it's be- it's because I'll tell you why, because what people will do is they'll they'll look at the stats and they'll say, oh, IKF has 15 errors, but Josh Donaldson only has 11. So Josh Donaldson's a better fielder than IKF. It's all point of reference. If you don't look at if I threw you the ball a thousand times and you dropped it a hundred, but you threw me the ball you know, 50 times and I dropped it 40. You can't say that you're the better fielder. It's all in percentage. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, so 
you know, I think I'm, I think at right now you have to have Donaldson on there though, because just out of necessity, I mean, I can't, they cannot expect DJ to just play third day in and day out for a whole playoff series right oh, now. No, I mean, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe even against like, I mean, look at Stan's been our best postseason player pretty much since he's been here. He's his postseason numbers are amazing. But like, is it is it worth sitting DJ or Cabrera right now? Like, what if Cabrera, you know, goes off in the playoffs and then Benintendi comes back? Like, do you bench Stanton? Like, so so let me put it this way. Let me let me ask you this question. The let's assume Benintendi is not healthy for the first round, right? So the DS, they go into the CS and Benintendi's healthy and Stanton had a terrible DS. So now DJ and Carpenter and uh, Benintendi are available and as Waldo is available still too. What do you do? You have, Stanton has to play, obviously. You think? I, I you don't agree? I'm, I mean, I'm saying if, because Stan's obviously had a down year. It's been a down year for Stan everywhere. He's, his home run numbers are like okay, but yeah, everything sometimes else he is looks just bad. like sometimes he looks like he doesn't know what, like he doesn't belong up there. He currently does. He, like, he got hot for so, a couple of days, but isn't that crazy? The difference between he and Judge just both being like bona fide yeah. power hitters, but Aaron Judge is an incredible hitter. And sometimes I have no clue what's going on with Dan. Yeah, it's and it's all like you could just tell that one is that we have this. I think you agree with me when I say this, but there's so much of a difference between someone who's good at baseball and a baseball player. You know what I mean? So like Stan is good at baseball. He's he's very good at baseball. But Judge is just like a pure baseball player. He's it just comes naturally to him where you could tell Stanton's probably one of those guys that developed his swing over millions of swings in the cage. Yep. you know, I mean, not saying that Judge doesn't work as hard as Stan, but. I just think it just comes, it just looks more smooth and uh, it's his stance. And like, it's not like someone, a stance that was doctored up by a computer or like someone looking behind a computer. I don't know. Uh, another, I guess another big topic for another day is in, as far as the advancement of baseball, but. Um, yeah. So we, we've so that, sort of, we've sort of begun to touch on the outfield. Um, assuming Benintendi can't play, I guess it would be Stanton judge and. Oswaldo, it has and Bader. Don't forget about Bader because Bader's but, back but there I now. Would, I would think that Bader would come off the bench. No, am I wrong? No, no, no. He's the starting center fielder, and that's 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 you know written in with a sharpie. He's the so he's the starting center fielder. Judge is the right. It's all about left field, and I think if if I had to put like a guess on it, I would say that what the Yankees are going to do is they're going to keep Benintendi off that DS roster. And just hope that they can win with Cabrera and left. But Cabrera's shown that he's, you know, he's been very, very good, right? But I think, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, it's a whole different monster. And Ben Benintendi's played in the playoffs where he's been in a World Series. So uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to put Cabrera out there to start. And if they get to the CS, I think they add Benintendi. And then that's where things might get a little dicey. So, and then I guess that fourth outfield spot, that's where you have your debate now, again, with no Ben Benintendi. Um, also, too, I don't think unless what ha- I think the way it works is you. M- I don't know. If you know, the answer to the way like the playoff roster works, where if we say that we have our 26 man roster, can we change that in the middle of the series? 
No, right? I, no, I do not believe so. Yeah, so so what I'm trying to get at is it's not like they can't like if if they don't if they feel like Ben and like a day or two away for the postseason, they might have to put him on the roster. Just so, you know, by the the seventh game or so, he can play. Yeah. I don't want to come know? off I don't want to come off as ignorant mid show, but can you even alter your twenty six man in between series? Like I don't think you can. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you can. I think you can. can. You? Okay. I, I, I think you can between series. Um, okay. We probably would have seen a pitcher playing right field by now if you couldn't. Yeah. I'm not like 100% sure on that, but I feel like that happens where like sometimes people will swap a lefty and a righty based on like what's, you know, what is more dominant, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then so the, the last part of the outfield, I guess, is that fourth outfield spot, which uh, I a week ago I would have said I don't even want to think about Aaron Hicks but he's been pretty good. Like he's been playing for his spot. Well, I think in the last like seven days, he's hitting like over 300 or something like that. So he's been playing well. I like, he's another one, just like, just like Donaldson that just like forgot how to play defense. All of a sudden Hicks was always sold as being a, you know, a plus defender in the outfield. And it almost looks like he's also one of those guys that if he's not doing well to play, it also transitions into the field, which is just, you don't like that because uh, Hicks is a you know a lifetime what two forty hitter like he's not a good hitter so does that always going to translate to the field? Yeah, well, you so you would you would pretty much you could pretty Marwin Gonzalez is not going to be on the roster, right? I think he was in the lineup Sunday, not yesterday. That not was today. that was my last that was my last point, and my so I said I said Hicks is the fourth outfielder, so the outfield would be that's, judged. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm saying so so we're we're assuming Marwin's like. Well, no, I'm assuming Marwin is on the roster and only because I, I don't think I think the, the corresponding move would be because I don't think Benintendi's healthy yet. If Benintendi's healthy or I guess healthy enough, I don't think Marwin gets on it. And not that it has like much correlation to that to one another. But um, now that DJ's healthy, they have that versatility. They could always slide Cabrera into any infield position. And then so they can removing Marwin from the bench doesn't really hurt them that much because you're also adding another outfielder that can take Cabrera's spot if he needs to come play the infield, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's how I thought about it. But I don't think, again, I don't think Benintendi will be on this first roster. So I included Marwin in there just for a little added versatility. Yeah. Off the uh, bench. But before we move into the rotation and the bullpen, which is, which is really what we have to talk about here. Yeah. Hypothetically, what if DJ tells you, I could play first base, no problem, but I, I can't make the throw from third base. I can't, I don't want to play second base. I don't have the range, but I could play first base for you. Do you just tell him to sit on the bench? Cause he, well, cause Rizzo can't really play anywhere else. He's a much better first baseman. No, you can't bench. you can't bench Rizzo. No, but you also can't DH him. It seems no, but you could, what you, what you would, I think what they would do then is I think at that point, there's certain guys that I think that they can kind of um, lose when or actually replace and put Stan in the outfield and use his defense or I guess become a minus defender there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, use Which, So I guess another way to look at it would be um, if that was the case, they would, you know, let's say they had to, I mean, at that point they would just DH uh, what we call it. A DJ, sorry. They would just DH DJ, right? And just say, because they're going to say, all right, Rizzo, you'll play first. And then 
I, and then if they have to DH DJ to get his bat in there, I think what they would do is they take Cabrera, put him at third or put him at short and IKF at third, one of those two combinations, and then put Stanton in the outfield uh, or Stanton, I guess, left, uh, Bader in center and Judge in right with Rizzo at first, Glaber at second, and then some mix of IKF and Oswaldo at second and at short and third. And then that way you don't have to have JD's Josh Donaldson's bat in the lineup and you don't lose DJ's bat in the lineup. Right. All right. So let's get to the rotation. I'm going to, I'm going to, so we're assuming they're going to run a four man rotation. Yes. Or at least there's going to be four starters. Well, I I have a twist on roster. I have a twist on it. I think that, I mean, depending, I guess a twist, but I, depending on what you see Domingo as I, I want to say that right now, and this is a little bit bold of me to say, I think that right now, all their starters make the make the roster, and I'll tell you why. Cole's Frankie a lot. No, not month. He's not healthy. He's, I don't. I'm not counting. I'm saying okay. Cole, Nestor, Sevi, Tyone, and then I think they love. They like Domingo out of the bullpen. They like him as a length guy. They they like in a spot where you know, let's say Cole gives up a couple runs in the first and has to go 40 pitch first inning or something like that, which we've seen time and time again. Um, they, Mon- they is, like that link. By the way, is Montas not even throwing a baseball yet? Like, is he, no, is he he's, completely he's not scrapped. Gonna, he's yeah. done. He's, yeah. he's scrapped. It's even, and, even if he was, I don't yeah, think he'd he, make this, yeah. this thing. Even, even if he was healthy, you, I mean, yeah. Would want so him. let's, so let's see our, our locks here. So Cole, obviously a lock. Nestor, obviously a lock. Severino. Severino. Uh, I would say as close to a lock as you can get, but maybe not a hundred percent, but I'd say he's pretty much a lock. Yeah. I mean, Jameson Tyone just threw an absolute gem tonight. So I think he's, I think he just earned his spot as maybe he's got one more start. And if he's down or if he's bad in that start, maybe they don't give it to him. But I think Tyone definitely makes it. So then I think that's your four starters right there. So Cole, Nestor, Sevi, Tyone in that order. Okay. Um, and obviously, I think, I think you don't pay Cole this money and think of all this, all this, uh, you know, him as his great pitcher if he can't go on short rest one day. Like if he's going to be a baby about that in the playoffs and a game seven or something like that, which I don't think is an issue due to the scheduling, but like if just, just as if that, that situation came about, like I think they would, the Yankees in a game seven, if they were lined up to pitch Tyone, I think they would much rather choose Cole and like short rest. Right. You would agree yep. with that. Yes. Okay. So Tyone would be there as like a, like, okay, we won the first three games. Let's pitch Tyone on the fourth, and hopefully we can just win it there. And if not, we can give – we'll pitch Cole in the fifth game or yep. something like that. So so I think Cole, Nestor, Sevi, Tyone. Domingo makes it too because, I again, I think he's a swing guy where, uh, you know, God forbid one of the starters gets hurt and Montas isn't, um, isn't back and healthy, then you could slide Domingo into that, that starter role. Um, and then after that, the bullpen – I'll start again at the, I guess, or the bottom. Another swing man, but they, the Yankees oddly use him in like, uh, in like high leverage spots. It's so weird. Clark Schmidt is who I'm talking about. They like, like him as like a long distance guy. Got to go three, four innings. But then recently they just slot him into these high leverage spots and say, hey, go do the same thing against, you know, the Blue Jays, uh, one, two, three, as you do against the Pirates, you know, six through nine. Like, it's very strange how they handle him, but I still think they like him and he's definitely good. And another guy that can give you length and, you know, if you go up 10, one or something like that, it could throw six innings if you really need him to. Right. Um, 
Jonathan Loiska, uh, he's been uh, great since the uh, All-Star break, which is a while now, I know. But um, since the All-Star break, he's been uh, one of their best, if not the best, relief pitcher on the Yankees. So, uh, And I just another guy that, like, just from the eye test, I think is just a very – he's just a very good pitcher. He's got great stuff. Um, he's and When he's on, he's probably the Yankees – his pitches are just – from the eye, just gross. He's at a one nine three ERA since the All Star break. So, um, before I move on, let me ask you this. And I, I don't know if you saw what I I sent in the chat, but I don't know if you saw it. So, of the guys on the Yankees pitchers with ten plus appearances since the All Star break, and there's fifteen of those, fifteen guys on the Yankees who have appeared in ten or more games. Okay, pitching. Okay, since the All Star break. Where would you say of those 15, you would guess Clay Holmes and Garrett Cole rank in ERA? Like, you mean like if I were to say like 11th and 12th, like that? Yes, yes. 11th and 12th. Worse. Uh, oh, Clay Holmes, goodness. Clay Holmes is 14th of 15, and Cole is 13th of 15 since the All-Star break. Um, I, was, I was right there, though. Yeah, yeah. No, you. I mean, yeah. well, I wouldn't ask that question if it was one and two. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> Uh, and the only number, the only one lower than both of them is Greg Weissert, who is uh, not even on the MLB roster right now. So, no. and I mean, rightfully so. But like, yeah. So the Yankees are going in, and uh, you can make the argument that the two guys they're they're relying on three guys the most: Garrett Cole, in no order, Aaron Judge, and Clay Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one of those guys is at an all-time extreme high in Judge, and then two of those guys are, I mean, Cole's been okay. Hey, he always has that one inning, but like as far as ERA and stretches are concerned, two of the guys that are playing their worst baseball. Yeah, they're going into the postseason without a true ace and without a closer almost at all. Yeah, that's no, scary. With, well, what, I'll get into what I think they'll do as as far as the closer is concerned. But um, so Loisa got on Wandy Peralta has probably arguably been their most consistent pitcher period all season maybe Nestor you know you can make the argument but in the bullpen I think Wandy's just been consistent all year he's got like a sub three ERA he's been like I feel like he's pitching every single game so Wandy's on um they still throw Clay Holmes and throw him in there as their closer and I think they they love his stuff enough where he'll be on I don't think there's any question about Clay Holmes um have you touched on Scott Efros yet I've uh I've, I've been punching up my, my Mets postseason uh, a roster here. So if you did, I apologize. I'm almost at, I, so my next one, Trevino, he's been good. They've been, they like him in high leverage. Efros. Yep. So Scott Efros on Lucas Licky, who they love, and they, he's a good lefty, lefty guy. Same with Wandy, another lefty to have in the bullpen. Again, another guy who's got a sub three, three ERA, been there all year, hasn't got hurt, old, reliable, been good. Not necessarily in high, high leverage situations, but. Uh, I don't think they see him as a high leverage guy. So I think that's that's they throw him in against a lefty in the fifth inning if they need. Yep. Um, and then my last guy, and this is where I guess my controversy is, Ron Marinaccio. And that's fine. And they like him in the high leverage. His stuff definitely plays. But the bigger story of that would be no Zach Britton, no role to Chapman. Is there a part of you that wants Chapman in there just because he's not before? Not one. Not, really? Not one. Like, you, don't not, think you don't think there's value to that? Like he's pitched in actually out of every reliever in the major leagues. He's probably pitched in the most 
high leverage situations in his career out of just about anyone in terms of the postseason. And I mean, cool. So so what that tells me, honestly, is um, I would va- like <laughs> as stupid as this sounds like bring him like, you know, bring him to wherever you play. Have him sit down in the bullpen, but like, don't pitch, like, tell him about it. Like he can be as like that, that experience. He's not, I don't think he, I don't think he can like has the ability to do that again or anymore. So I think that, I, I guess maybe so. just, I'm, I'm more that so make sense? Devil. Yeah. I'm more so playing devil's advocate. I just, you know, I mean, it's just been all year with Chapman. He just hasn't found it. And when no. he does, you know, find it, it's, uh, it's like for a week and then, and then all of a sudden you start seeing fastballs to the backstop again, which is yep. his like favorite thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's 26. No Britain. I, th- I don't think Britain is like, I mean, may, there's still a couple games. I mean, maybe if Britain appears in like seven of these last like 10 games or whatever, and he's been okay. Like, okay, maybe I, d- I just don't think it's enough time. He, he came in. This is the most Yankee thing. And this is my last point on the Yankees. The most Yankee thing. I'm at the game Saturday and Britain comes in and he just walks the world. I think it was like three straight walks in his first like appearance back. And after the game, they're like Boone has a press conference and goes, yeah, you know, we saw a lot of encouraging things. <laughs> and Britain says oh. something like, says something like, you yeah, know, I just missed a couple spots there. I think I'll be okay. Like, dude, you faced three batters and walked every one. <laughs> what do you, what did you see? Like, I, I don't get like, you felt good. I, I don't understand. Like, but that's my 26. No Britain, no Chapman. Um, again, I think the, the questions are more on the offensive side. And it's kind of like an embarrassment of riches situation, a lot of those questions. So I guess it's not a bad problem to have. But uh, it's a, I guess in the postseason, any problem is a problem. So that's all I'll say about the Yankees. I know I just burnt everyone's ear. but <laughs> So of the, of the roster that you just put forth, Where's your confidence meter on a scale of one to 10, 10 being most confident, one being how do we even get here? I mean, confident to win the World Series. Yes. Low, low confidence to win the World Series. But I, I but I think that as as they get further, it would be it would increase more. Or I say if they get further, it well, would yeah. increase more. I mean, obviously, but like I'm saying, like, I'm skeptical that the Yankees can win one series. And that's like my biggest skepticism that they can, you know, get that first start, first start out of Cole and be good. And then maybe like you have to get a second start at like two straight starts by Cole. Good usually means you'll win the series. Yeah. So it's yeah. so reliant on him that uh, I think, you know, that first game and almost like we talk about football, like that first drive or first person to score. But that first game in the first series. I can just break everything. Yeah. If Cole can go out there and shut it against or against anyone, whether it's, I mean, I don't care who it is, whoever, whoever they end up facing in that first game, if he can go out and shove like we pay him to, and he should, and he, I mean, we need him to, then I think there, that'll be a lot of relief for a lot of Yankee fans. So that's how I'll answer that, including myself. So that's how I'll answer that question. Yeah. All right. You want me to uh, talk here off about the Mets a little bit before we get out of here? So now we're going to go right into what many would argue is the uh, better New York team. Matt, I'm sure you would agree with that for, you know, recently and maybe the whole season. But uh, the Mets uh, yeah. also making the postseason. 
I'm not, even, I'm not even sure it's an argument. Let's go. So right into it. We're going to do the same thing. Let's tell me what your concerns are. Tell me your roster. Tell me the questions. Where do you want to start? Well, I've taken the liberty of punching up what would be my postseason roster. And, uh, you know, we'll get into the issues as we go. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you my starting lineup. Not my starting lineup. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the, the, the hitters that are going to start in the postseason, right? Got it. James McCann, Tomas Nito, same deal as the Yankees. Catching is set. Pete Alonso. I mean, a whole, I got to stop you there. Catching is set in that they have two catchers that they are yes. healthy. Yes. <laughs> Not that Not they that will they have- be of much benefit in the postseason. Of course. They, okay, they're, they're not of they're not of much benefit ever. Cool. First base, obviously set with Pete Alonso. I would imagine that you would have McNeil at second base, Lindor at short, Escobar at third. Now, how do you? Well, let me let's stop there for a second. Um, McNeil second is I I guess been pretty standard of late, but and I guess we'll get into the outfield, but I guess we're assuming. Uh, Marte is good. Yes. Well, they're expecting him back. And if he's not back, that is a huge issue. Yeah. Cause well, how big of an issue? Cause all right. So now let's say that, let's say that Marte is not back. Right. And you have to move McNeil into the outfield. I would presume would be the play or I guess Naquin or uh, I don't know. What's the, what's the follow-up that you, so you move McNeil into the outfield who slots into McNeil's spot. And second, I would probably say Luis Guillorme, who plays okay. st- stellar defense. I know he doesn't play every day, and I know it's a little bit different, but he, he's he swung an outstanding bat any chance he's got. He was really good. I don't know why. I mean, it wasn't from what I understood, uh, Escobar was bad, like almost like DFA worthy bad. Yeah. And then Guillorme was a stud for most of the season. When did that change? Yeah, well, Escobar has, has stepped it up a little bit, and and I've got the Starling Marte scoop on us right here. Um, he, he's he's swinging, he's throwing. You would have to think he's okay, and really, he better be. You you could argue outside of Alonzo, that's been your best player this year. Yeah, him and him, Lindor, Alonzo, easily the top three. Yes. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I have no problem. I, I mean, Luis Guillorme is going to be a, a late game defensive replacement, regardless. I really don't have a problem with him starting games. He, he's been that good. He's been that reliable. But you, but you're you like Escobar at third over Guillaume to start? Yes, I, I could just because, just because Escobar has some pop. Okay. So. All right. So then I guess you're out. Go to your outfield then, assuming Marte, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the outfield's gonna be Brandon Nimmo in center, Canna, Marte. So, I mean, it's been it's been been very drawn up. Really, the issue with the Mets that we're talking about here is going to come down to the to the bullpen. But um, your bench would be Tomas Nito, Daniel Vogel. Well, who's DHing? Who's DHing? Let's say game one against a righty. <sighs> against a righty, probably Daniel Vogel back. OK, Which, so I'm well, it doesn't make you feel good. So, but now let me ask you this. If you're just playing Escobar for his pop, why not just put Guillaume in at third to start and DH Escobar? 
I, I just don't think the Mets I don't I don't think the Mets believe in Guillaume as as a legitimate postseason starter day in, day out. Okay, so then another my second question would be what if for you know some reason and only just because you asked me this about DJ LeMayu and the Yankees, what if for some reason Marte comes back and says, Hey, you know, I'm good swinging, good hitting, but I don't know if I'm ready to play the field yet. Then at that point, you put Jeff McNeil in the outfield and you have to pick your at second base. OK, that, so, would ha- that would have to be the play. But now that's not I think that's I mean, obviously, you're going to lose out on a little bit of defense in second. And, but like that's like you could not a good lineup. I think your is a better defender than Jeff McNeil is. Yeah, no, I'm saying I'm saying in the outfield, like obviously the downgrade from from Marte to McNeil would be a little bit of a downgrade. Not that McNeil is oh, bad, but yeah, starting yeah. Marte is great. Yes. Yeah. So um, you lose a little bit on defense, but I guess the, the difference between a Starling Marte bat and a Vogelback bat is a plus on offense, I would say. Yes. So that that could be interesting. I mean, you'd also lose a little bit of bench depth, but um, OK, so you got. Well, yeah, that that's where the, the deadline moves kind of kill you. They didn't hit yeah. on anything. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. I mean, does Darren Ruff even make your roster? No, 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 no. no. There, there's okay. no shot. He can't. OK, there's no. So way. you got Nito Vogelback. I guess Vogelback DH. What's the rest of your bench? You're gonna have Naquin. You're gonna have Guillaume, assuming that he's a bench okay. player. So, so not Darren Ruff. Who's no. 13? The the it's gonna be Terrence Gore. It's gonna be the speedster Terrence Gore. No, Darren Ruff is there's no shot. There's no yeah. shot. He makes it. He he is that horrendous. He's not a well, player. What, so now, what about? So, but would you say that even if Ruff makes it, it wouldn't be for that Gore spot? It would be for like Naquin. Yeah, but I can't even see that. Yeah, that's what, that's kind of what I'm getting like, at. Yeah. I, I can't see that either. So it's like they definitely need a speedster. It's not like the speedster has any effect on Darren. I mean, if they if they put Darren Ruff in for Gore, who do you pinch run? Naquin? Like I yeah, guess exactly. Like, Ruff is so. batting. Ruff is batting one fifty. Yeah, Since he's, he's been. Mets, he's not a player. Bad. He's not a player. All right, um, so that's offense. Now let's yeah, talk and, offense and in, yeah, in, in and field. It, and it's been dead set all year, and the Mets are lucky enough to not have to deal with the injury baggage that the Yankees do. So th- that's going to be the offense. Okay, so pitching. Yeah, and when it comes to the pitching, I mean, it's obviously DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, right? I probably okay. would have told you an hour ago, <laughs> Carrasco. But, I mean, he was horrendous just today. Uh, maybe Taiwan Walker. I mean, Carrasco is going to make the roster, right? I, I'm not starting him. Well, would you rather? So I guess, would you say that kind of like I said with the Yankees, that all five will make it, but who do you put in the bullpen kind of thing? Yes. Okay. So or, then what about, because I, I know, do you just run three and just put them both in the bullpen? Or, they, or okay, or you could do that. But what about like guys like David Peterson or, uh, what, what is, what's up with McGill? Didn't he start a few games? Well, we'll get to this right now because, you know, like we said, the starting rotation set and today was a perfect example of the issue that we always talk about with the bridge from starter to Diaz. Yep. So Carrasco goes out there. He's terrible, right? So then you have to fill up all these innings where Trevor Williams was egregiously bad. <laughs> McGill was terrible. And David Peterson was terrible today. So that's that is the that's the talking point for the Mets. What do they do? Because literally, as we speak, it's happening right in front of our eyes. The, these guys that are that are starters that I used to always say 
The Mets are going to be fine. They have all these fringe starters they can throw in the bullpen. They all look awful. So, I mean, I'll give you my bullpen. And then Go ahead. you tell me how many of these people think of them as, as a bullpen pitcher that you feel any confidence in whatsoever, like at all. Right. So let's say Taiwan Walker slash Carlos Carrasco. Right. Okay. Trevor Williams, David Peterson. All three so far have been no yeah. confidence. Yeah. Michael Givens, the, the gem of the deadline. <laughs> Uh, Yankee legend Joely Rodriguez, Trevor May, who's been just terrible, still have zero confidence in not a single name. Yep, and here here's another one for you, Seth Lugo. Z- zero. Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say zero. He's been he was good in like some parts of the season, but he's like been consistently like average in the second half. Yeah, but like, there was a there was a time when he was like a staple in the Mets bullpen. Yeah. Well, now let me ask you this, and obviously it would be a little crazy, but hasn't Lugo had some time starting? Yes, he, he's like he has started games. Yes, like like could you see the Mets instead of a fourth uh, an starter, oh, an opener into like like into a Taiwan Walker or into a David Peterson? If if Lugo was still good, yes. Okay, but no, I I don't foresee. Um, and then so that's the a, other that two. fits a fair answer. Yeah, uh, Adam Adovino. And Edwin Diaz. Okay, so that uh, that gives you 26. So you have two. So th- my entire standpoint of the Mets have fringe starters that will pitch from the bullpen and they're going to be just fine. It's gone. They all look terrible. Even the back they, end of the starters, they just look awful. They And I mean, even I guess you, we could talk about DeGrom a little bit, but even he's been very, very hittable of late. And yeah. you, we can I guess we could touch on that because we went a long time for the Yankees. I, I, so I wanted to ask you, actually, if you're a yeah. Met fan, if you're a Met fan, are you concerned? Like, do you do you feel a level of concern about DeGrom? Because I, I almost want to say yes, just because we've never seen him healthy and look human before. So when he goes out there and does what he does. You know, I, I I wouldn't blame a, a Met fan for for feeling like j- just a little cautious or just a little afraid. Well, well, I think my answer would be yes, but not as much as it's like making it seem like because I think that really I think right now, considering obviously the Mets haven't locked anything up or anything, but I think now and there's a couple different ways you could look at this and I'll, I'll present both to you because I'm somewhere in the middle. Um. The one way you could look at this is, given what we we spoke about in our last pod or our last little segment about the Mets, uh, given what came out this week about him, you know, pretty much having one foot out the door, people were talking about him going to the Braves. Uh, it's a contract year for him, right? So what I'm trying to get at is, do you think that he almost got, like, scared off by this injury, this most recent injury, because... Do you think the what goes through his head and I guess his agent's head is, hey, like we know that what you're doing and throwing 100 miles an hour every pitch is not good for you. Right. Well, so so do you think that it's been like a thing to kind of say, like, hey, like we still think you can be good at like 90 percent. We just don't want you going 100 because we don't want you getting hurt and therefore ultimately losing yourself money. What do you think about that? But don't you think that the bigger benefit would be to go out there in the postseason and just be lights out 
And I'm just postseason. I mean, they're trying to lock up a division. Not, nothing set in stone yet. They're about to be a half game up in a couple of minutes. So wouldn't wouldn't you think that that would would garner more money or garner more interest or like you think teams are really looking and being like, oh, he dialed it back 10 percent. No, I, I think well, he's going to get well, a no, but he that's, out no matter what. That's not what I'm that's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying it more from an injury point of view. I don't know. He's never he's never shown that before ever. No, but but like even maybe through the midst of injuries, he's never dialed it, it back. For it's like, he, but like it's almost like. I don't know. Like you don't feel the heat until you're close enough to the fire. Like he's not, I guess it was never really a thought of his until he's now he's going to sit on what are, many would argue is a very well-deserving most, most annual average value of a contract ever to a pitcher that he could potentially get uh, for a team. I mean, could you imagine how Met fans would feel if he dials it back to not get hurt in the midst of a, a, a division run, a postseason run, and he just isn't Degrom, and then he and leaves. then he and then he goes to the Braves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to no, whom I, you would most likely lose to. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that would be that would be crazy. <laughs> um, and I guess the other way I could think of it is very much more basic of a thought, and I think what is more likely the answer. Um, but I just think that a lot of guys right now, especially in. Uh, I mean, we see with the Yankees and how they use the bullpen now. I mean, especially now that they literally just clinched the division as we're recording this. I think they're going to start some, start doing some funky stuff as far as the bullpen. Do you think in any way they, they told DeGrom or someone was, or I guess there was like a, a I don't know, a, a switch that flipped in DeGrom's head that said, just try some stuff out now. Maybe maybe try and dial it back and see, like, you know, pick your spots. And maybe it's like he's just trying to mix in other placements of pitches or pitch sequences. I, I obviously – I haven't watched the DeGrom starts that closely, but um, maybe that's happening too or a little bit of both. I don't know. It's just way too – Because it's not like he lost it. He didn't just lose it overnight. Like I, I agree, but, but I'm not afraid that he lost it. I'm afraid that – because like we always say, what he does probably isn't sustainable. No, and so, that, that's the thing with him his whole career. Yeah, so what I'm worried about is like, is your elbow screaming and you just don't want to say you're hurt because it's done for you after that? You're going to have to opt back in? That's what yeah. I think the and concern get stuck. is. And yeah, the yeah. concern isn't that he just lost it. But yeah, so I mean, can you imagine the, it's almost like, I mean, really, and by the way, we, we are talking about one game, but when you're when you're in a in a race this close and the postseason is literally right around the corner, I have no problem with talking about it because it could be a concern. What if yeah. it happens next week? Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. And I think that's there's that's a valid stance to have. I think, well, let me let me ask you this. Like, sorry, so the Mets get win the division and then they end up who would I guess whoever they end up playing, right? And it's game two of that, uh, I guess the DS, right? And DeGrom just goes out there and throws like four or let's say five innings, three runs, like eight strikeouts and, you know, pretty average start for DeGrom or like below average for him. Do you, What I'm trying to say is like, do you think that this almost also sets it up for that? Now, if DeGrom goes into the postseason and does anything less than what he is known to do, do you think that is going to even raise more questions? Like, are people going to expect six innings, 13 strikeouts from him in, in the postseason. Yes. Pe people are going to expect it. 
Yeah, so can't you just see the day after that one start, even if he pitches average and okay, you know, gets them through five innings and they have the lead even, you think people would say, like, yeah, the Mets won, but, like, DeGrom still didn't look like DeGrom. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the story, you think? Yeah, I I don't know that he's sacrificing anything money-wise whenever he does decide to opt out. But, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I think if you're DeGrom, this postseason has a lot riding on it. He, he could gain himself another $20 million if he goes out there and he's just an absolute ace. They, they go just to like, the World Just Series. like Scherzer did. Yeah. And, and, Literally yeah. just like Scherzer did. Just like Scherzer did. Yep. So I guess, I mean, and then I guess we, we spoke about DeGrom a little bit, but I think my stance on him is just he's got one foot out the door, but he's just more of like a humble or, you know, more or humble, quiet, uh, very to himself kind of guy like he doesn't I think he's not a lie when people say that he doesn't and it's not a fan of like the New York media and always being chased around everywhere yeah. and like I've, I feel like that all lines up with his personality yeah. it's not and, and just where, saying it where there's smoke there's fire um, two guys I left all out of my bullpen uh, in case anyone was wondering was uh, McGill we just talked about who I think has just played himself out of the postseason I, I mean I still have hope for McGill he doesn't have it right now. I think this is only a second or third appearance back. He just looks terrible. And, uh, and Drew Smith, who coming off of an injury, um, I, I can't see him making it either. My question to you would be, if you're the Mets, how do you combat the issue of the bridge between starter to Diaz? What do you get? Like, and you, you sort of asked earlier, well, would you think about opening with Lugo? Anything like that? What can the Mets do? Because it... Can't you just already see them losing just absolutely heartbreaking games because David Peterson has to go out there in the seventh inning? Oh, I mean, and that's and that's what I've said about the Mets. Seriously, the entire I mean, you, you've heard me say it the entire year, pre pre trade deadline, post trade deadline. I was all over the fact that I'm a big believer in the bullpen being so even more crucial in the postseason that I think it's going to be a big detriment to the Mets. What I will say, though, and I think we've seen in the past is sometimes these these teams and the Dodgers do this a lot. And I've just seen you see it every single year. They move these starters into the postseason. And for whatever reason, they just end up being like more effective, whether it's they can throw harder because they know it's they don't have to pace themselves or just like a mindset of the approach. So I guess what the Mets will hope for is that guy like Taiwan Walker or a guy like Carlos Carrasco can end up being more effective than they were in the regular season, where in the regular season, their numbers come out to be about average of starting pitchers. If not at first Walker, his numbers are probably a little bit above average, but these guys are getting beat up in the first inning. And then the other quote unquote starters that are coming in relief. Don't look like that. Like I just said, and I really don't want to kill McGill because he just came back, but he looks terrible. And David Peterson looks terrible. David Peterson might just not be a major leaguer, if we're being honest. <laughs> but like when you make when you draw that comparison of like the starters that are going to be in the bullpen are getting killed in the first and second innings, and the guys who were starters that are coming out of the bullpen now really auditioning for a spot, they don't look good either. Well, let me spin it this way then. Maybe, and I think that this would be how they would do this or how you'd have to execute this, but maybe if you do rely on those uh, those starters in the bullpen, maybe it ends up being spots like, you know, DeGrom goes six innings and he's about to face, he just walked the, the five hitter and you have seven or you have six, seven, eight up. 
right? And you you can have, you know, Taiwan Walker come in and start with, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, and then a man on first six, seven, eight, nine, or even like a clean inning where you, pretty much you could just get him started against the bottom half of the order, which could be beneficial because you right. get him, you get him warmed up in that bottom half of the order. And then he's all warm for the second inning out. And then that's already two innings. He can eat there. Assume he can get through just two innings. Right. So I guess that would be their hope. And then mixing in Adovino there with matchups. Um, and we've seen them not, I don't think, I don't think it's an issue. I don't think pitch count really is that much of an issue, you know, relatively for Edwin Diaz. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they win a series and Edwin Diaz has like, like multiple saves with more than three outs. Yeah. Like they, uh, they're at that point where like, like, look, dude, we need like, what is it? Four, four and four. We need like 12 more wins. So like if six of those need to be four or five out saves, we'll let you rest in the postseason, or, you know, after the season. Yep. And, and with that lack of pitching depth, it also feels like it's time for the Mets to consider the reality that they very well may not win this division. So they're going to have to throw these guys through a series and then they're going to have to face the Dodgers. Yeah. I'm, I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. Cause you, you also got to think like, yeah, as much as, I mean, you got to assume that these games are all going to be close games and you're going to need Diaz to be Diaz in every single one of those. So like, and he can't pitch every day. How in the world are they supposed to win a game when Diaz can't pitch? No, really? I mean, tell me how. Well, okay. Well, what I'll say is the, the new like schedule and formatting is definitely beneficial for the Mets in that sense, because they aren't playing every single day until they get to the CS, I believe. So the DS is is not every day i believe it's every other day and then when they travel i think there's another day in between but when they get to the cs i think it's like one game day off three in a row and then like one 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 or something like that see you're, you're talking about getting to the cs when i'm worried about throwing diaz twice in the wild card series which is now three games so i don't that doesn't sound beneficial to me for the Mets. and then you have to go to los angeles well, that's I'm saying that's not the ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is to to win the division. And I mean, look, and, and why, Mets, would why would they? Why would they win the division? Well, say what you want about the Yankees, and obviously a little bit of rim hang with them having clinched the division tonight. But I think it the, the as good as the Mets are, and as good as the Mets might be, and they might be a better team than the Yankees. But just losing that division would be like terrible regardless of what happens really like just like a look on uh you know they had total command of this they have it it would just be such a bad a bad thing to happen like it just i can't imagine them let alone forget who they're playing and how long it takes them to to finish a series and what it does to their team just the fact that they had to play those extra games would be horrible yeah and why does it seemingly seemingly always seem to fall apart against the Marlins in September. I, I make it make sense. It just Make it stop. I don't understand. Yeah, death taxes and, in the Marlins And, and, and by September. the way, they, they did just lose. The Braves won today, so the, the Mets have a half-game lead. I, 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 why, why would they win the division? Why, why would they? I don't know, but I, what I do know is that uh, Marlins in September is definitely the name of my next book. Uh, <laughs> So we can get that started after this. But um, I think we, t- we talked on a lot today. Yankees, Mets uh, did about a half hour and 
and well, change. Let me, let me of ask each... one more question before you close. Sorry, but just ahead, like I, just like I asked you about the Yankees. Yeah, with what we just spoke about with the Mets, and you know what? Because now I'm in a bad mood. Let's let's assume they don't win the division, right? This is cool. a wild card team. Confidence meter for the Mets to win it all. Um, you want like a number one ten? Yes, just like the Yankees. Uh. So I'll tell you my both my numbers. My first number would be if they win the division, I'm at like a six that they could win the World Series. If they don't win the division, I'm I'm even lower because I think it's such a I'm at like a two because it's it would be such a detriment to their bullpen, which is already going to be a detriment to them that. I don't think they can come up from that. And their offense hasn't been like amazing. Like there's still guys that are struggling here and there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the the hope for them is, I mean, get, get Marte back. And like you said, I I mean, the McGill's of the world, the Carrasco's, the Taiwan walkers, come on. Yeah. And well, come on. One more thing I want to add that kind of cross it both together, but just like we see with the Yankees and when Rizzo is in the dugout, like we, I think we spoke about this in a previous episode where Rizzo is so good at, you know, picking up pitch tipping and just like little things that the pitchers do that, or just being like another coach on the bench. You see him talking to judge and the relationship they have and blah, blah, blah. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Marte is very similar. Like he's just a, he's a veteran baseball player that everyone feeds off of and is doing very well. Like, that that's like a triple whammy that the Mets are missing when he's not there. So many of many of the Mets recent struggles may be just contributing to the fact that they're down one of their main energy guys. Like he's not only is he having a great season, but he's just the energy. He's the energizer bunny for them. So yeah, he's, I don't know. He's the hitting Max Scherzer. Yeah. Well, there you go. And they need, they need that. They, and every team needs that. So that'll do it for this one. Um, I thought we had a great conversation here today, honestly, on both sides. Yeah. So if you like um, baseball, again, this was good. Yeah, definitely a base hundred percent baseball today. So we wanted to do, um, feel like we touched on a lot, but as always, if you want to send us some more questions, please feel free to DM us on Instagram. Um, we'll answer all the, all the DMS we can, uh, we post polls all the time and stuff too. So make sure you interact with those. Uh, we'll be back probably next week or so to, talk about either a positive brave series or a negative brave series. Um, and so maybe we'll even do a podcast. that's just totally Mets. So yeah, we'll see. If, but, if anyone listens to this religiously, you'd probably hope that the Mets just get swept by the Braves. Cause I, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to come on here with, Oh, forget. Yeah. It. Yeah. Love that one. So we'll see you next episode. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening.